Well, praise the Lord, saints of God. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled Living for Christ. This message is part number four, and it is subtitled Fruits of Righteousness. Did you know that it is Christ that produces the fruit of righteousness out of every single believer? And we begin to do good works, not because we are so good, but because God is so good within us. Isn't that wonderful? Well, today we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more, so stick around. Don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org and you can download or listen to the entire series at no cost to you. Well, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled Fruits of Righteousness right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Living for Christ. And again, let me go ahead and just give you some of our open opening words that we've been uh, saying for the last few weeks. And please just keep these things in remembrance. An ungrateful heart will find it very difficult to surrender. Those who feel they're entitled will hardly utter a thank you. Sacrificial giving originates from those who know they didn't receive the blessing or rather they didn't deserve the blessing in the first place. Sacrificial giving originates from those who know they didn't deserve the blessing in the first place. 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 14 and 15 says like, it reads like this out of the New Living Translation. It says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. We're in the series entitled Living for Christ. Living for Christ. Uh, the King James Version, 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says this, For he hath made him to be sin for us, say for me, for me, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. On last week, we spoke from the uh, subtitle of God without religion. And we define religion as a a specific fundamental set of beliefs and practices generally accepted by a group of people. It is a set way of doing things. Religion, beliefs, practices, set way of doing things. And the danger of religion is that it can lull a person into a false sense of security because religion finds its basis in works, in doing in doing. And as long as a person says that I'm doing the right things, then God must receive me. God must like me because I'm doing the right things. Religious. As long as I'm doing these religious actions, God must really like me. But there's something about human nature is that we cannot always keep doing good. It's just a part of that flesh Sooner or later, some bad's going to crop up. Yes, and when bad crops up, 
if we've been basing our relationship on God based on our good works, when the bad crops up, then we think that God no longer likes us because I've done something bad. As a whole, we can look at it this way. Religion says if I do good, I get good. If I do bad, I get bad. That's religion. Jesus did not come to bring you religion. He came to bring you a relationship with God. And when you're abiding in relation with God, when you are rightly relating to him, you can receive from him even though you have been bad. As a way of God showing you that he is good. And the goodness of the Lord, when God pours his goodness out on you, it will really bring a man, bring a woman to repentance. When you know that you've received a blessing from the Lord and you didn't deserve it, it doesn't make you want to run back into sin. It makes you want to run to God. Those that are uh, forgiven much, loves much. You understanding? So Jesus wants relationships, not religion. Religion is works-based. Relationship begins with faith. So today we're going to just speak from part four from the subtitle of Fruits of Righteousness. Fruits of Righteousness. There are fruits of righteousness. And I want to show you this. I'm not talking about an apple and orange. (laughs) Fruits of righteousness. But another word for fruits could be works. There are works of righteousness or the results of righteousness. I really need you to see this today as we go on today. Are you with me? You ready to get started with me? All right, let's try. So here again, I want you to realize that um, even on last time we talked about how true, true salvation is not a result of religion. Or it is not a religious part of a religious experience. It is not based in law. True salvation is not based in law. It's not based in works. It's not based in what you have done right or what you have done wrong. True salvation with Christ, true right relationship with God is not based on you at all. It's based on the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's based on his grace, his grace. Is based on his way of making man right with him when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. And from there, we begin to have fruits of righteousness. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's all about Jesus. So this is a very important point for you to understand that God's way of making people right with him is by grace through faith in Jesus' atoning work. The work that he did on the cross, this makes man right with God. Now let's look at some scriptures. We're going to go, we're going to have a lot of scriptures today for you to uh, really get down and really get into you and really meditate on these scriptures. Are you ready? Ephesians 2, uh, verses number 8 and 9, it says this out of the King James Version. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, least any man should what? Least any man should boast. This is something that God has done. And it is activated when you have faith in Christ Jesus. Let's look at Romans 10. I love this. Romans 10, verses 1 through 4. 
It says this. This is how the New Living Translation says this. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. We want our family members saved. Says in verse number two, I know, I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. Now listen to verse three. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing, say refusing. Refusing, refusing to accept God's way. They cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. Do you see that? Amen. Refusing to accept God's way. What's God's way of getting people right with him through Christ Jesus? Amen. In other words, they reject Christ and they keep on trying to work religion. Are you understanding? Amen. Verse 4, for Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. This is God's way of getting people right with him, believing in Christ Jesus. And so here were the, uh, the, the Jewish people, the Israel at this time saying, okay, some of them said, hey, you know what? I don't want Jesus. I'll continue to do my own thing and God will have to accept what I've been doing. Does that make sense to you? I'll continue to do my own thing and God will surely accept the good things I've been doing. God said, no. Uh, Paul said, no, uh, I mean, no, they don't understand God's way of making people right with him is through faith in Christ Jesus. Let's look at Acts 13. It says, brethren, brothers, listen. This is also out of the New Living Translation. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for sins. Everyone, say everyone. everyone. Everyone who believes in him is declared right with God. I love that. Let's say that again. Everyone who believes in him is declared right with God. Something the law of Moses could never do. Be careful. Don't let the prophet's uh, words apply to you. For they said, look, you mockers, be amazed and die. For, I'm, for I am doing something in your own days, something you won't believe, even if someone told you about it. So let me tell you this again. There is a great, great divide between law and religion, rather, from a great divide between law and grace. It's a great divide. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. There's a great divide between religion and relationship. Religion here again says it's all up to me. Again, religion says it's all up to me. To me. My salvation is all up to me. That's what religion says. But relationship says, no, it's all up to Christ. And I follow after him now. That, uh, you understand? All right. So again, it is clear now, I pray that it's clear to you that you understand that true salvation does not start with you, it started with God. True salvation is not according to works, but it is according to faith in Christ Jesus. Okay? But if someone says, I believe in Jesus and they have no works, that's not valid. Works and faith 
will actually go hand in hand, but the motives are different. So now let's get into something here. We're going to really get into uh, the fruits of righteousness. Now let's go to Philippians, the first chapter, verses 9 through 11. King James Version reads like this. And this I pray that, uh, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Verse 10, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere, say sincere, and without offense till the day of Christ. I love that word sincere. This is in Philippians, the first chapter, verse number 10. So again, he says that you may be sincere. Help me out, ladies, please. That scripture's up on the screen, please. Put that up on the screen for us. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of the Lord. God wants us to be sincere. Sincere, what does that mean? Not hypocritical. Not hypocritical. He wants us to be sincere until the day of the Lord approaches. He wants us to be real, right? And you will find it difficult to be real being religious. Because remember, religion is works-based. So there's only so much good you can ever keep on doing without falling and messing up. Are y'all with me today? Verse 11 says, being filled with the fruit of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. So understand something in verse 11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Jesus is producing the fruit within you. So someone says, I am saved, I am saved, I know Jesus, but if there is no fruit, then I would say that their salvation is in vain. They have not truly been saved. Maybe they've had a religious experience, but they have never been converted. Fruit comes along with it. Let me read that to you out of the New Living Translation. Verse 11 says, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring glory, much glory and praise to God. So someone says, I am saved. I know Jesus. Hey, I'm saved. I know Jesus. There should be some fruit to go along with that. Okay, so we said that we are saved through faith alone. But we'll see here shortly that faith without works is dead. There must be some corresponding signs uh, to show. There must be some corresponding fruits uh, that would help confirm that you are truly saved or born again. Let's look at something John the Baptist said to the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees in, in Matthew 3, verses 7 through 8. It says, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and scribes, rather than Sadducees, come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come, verse 8, Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat for repentance. In other words, you say that you are saved, but where's the proof? You say that you are saved, but where's the fruit? Like the old Wendy's commercial, where's the beef? Something is missing. 
Remember, God wants us to be sincere. He wants us to walk as Christ, walk like Christ in the earth today. And you're going to find it hard to do doing that in religion. Because this fruit that comes from us is Christ in us, working out the love of God through us to the world. There's a difference. Matter of fact, let me read the Matthew 3, 7 through 10, our New Living Translation. I love the way it reads. Look at verse number 8. It says, prove by the way you live. This is John the Baptist speaking to the Pharisees. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Prove by the way you live that you have repented, that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Prove by the way you live. In other words, there should be some corresponding action. You say you believe in Jesus, there should be a corresponding action. Remember, as the Bible declared, we spoke about earlier, that in the last days there will be many that will have a form of godliness. They'll have an, a religious exterior, but deny the power of God, that power that can make them holy. Remember, the Lord wants us to be sincere. That is genuine believers. Sincere, genuine believers. And when we are saved, when we are born of God, our life should reflect that. Our life should reflect it. So here again, I'm not trying to live right in order to be saved. I'm living right because I am saved. There's a difference. Okay? One is working towards salvation and the other is working from salvation. You got to understand these differences here in the last days. And look at the very uh, verse number 10. It says, um, even now the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of, of the tree. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Now, I want you to notice how the Lord uses over and over again the terms of fruit and tree as it relates to relationship with him. Now, no one has, at least I've never seen anybody, and I've surely not done it. I've not gone up to a fruit tree and yelled at the fruit tree, you better produce some apples. I've never had to threaten an orange tree. You better, I'm all, you better, I'm telling you. I've never had to threaten an orange tree. I've never seen an orange tree strain. Ooh, I'm going to produce an orange. 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 I can do it. I can do it. No. No. It's something that grows out of them because they're a fruit tree. Because I am born again, it grows. I'm not trying to force it. I'm not trying to make myself be holy. I'm not trying to make myself live righteously. I'm not trying to make this happen. It's happening because I am saved. You see the difference? Now, James 2 says this. James 2.26 brings out a very stirring point. It says, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Now, if you look in the context there, James is not talking about working toward salvation. 
He's talking about working from salvation. That is, since you were saved, there should be some corresponding works that happens since we were saved. Faith and works will walk hand in hand to accomplish the goals of Christ in the earth. But here again, right motives or intentions of the heart are essential for Christian growth. The both of that, there could be two people working at the food bank, working side by side on the food line. One person says, well, I'm doing this to earn my way to get into heaven. I want to make God happy. So, you know, I've done a lot of bad in my life. So I want to begin to do some good. I'm, I'm coming around to the end of my day. So I want to do some good. And, you know, maybe God will, will take me in. Maybe he'll let me in heaven. Religious works. The other person had not bread right beside him or working from their salvation, and they genuinely want to be there because they want to love on God's people. They want to serve God's people. The actions are the same. The loaves of bread are the same. The smocks and the uniforms are the same by the volunteers, but two completely different motives. One is based in religion. The other is based in relationship. One is trying to keep it up in order to accomplish something the, and the other, the fruit is just growing because of who they are. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Listen, it is possible to serve somebody without loving them. But it is impossible to love someone without serving them. Once again, a very strong contrast. Let me say that again. It is possible to serve someone without loving them, but it is not possible to love someone without serving them. Same service, same things done, but two completely different reasons. It's a lot easier for me to get up and cook for you. Well, I'm not sure, but let me get another example. It's a lot easier for me to cut the grass when I love you than it is for me to cut it and continue to cut it to try to win your love. Wow. Let's scratch the cooking thing out of the way there. So again, I need you to realize that as we begin to go on just a little bit further, then we're going to go a little bit further. Again, you are not doing good works to be saved or to be right with God. You're doing the good works because you are saved. Our goal as Christians is number one, love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, strength, everything. And then to love our neighbor as we want, as we love ourselves. We serve because, again, we're not trying to earn God's favor. We're served because we have God's favor. And we're grateful. I'm grateful for what he's done for me. I'm grateful. That's the mark of salvation. Now we can also, if we would, we won't turn it to it today, but in Matthew 25, verses 34 through 40, you'll find how the Lord Jesus told his people, he said, you know, you guys done well. You, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was a stranger, you took me in. I was in the hospital, you visited me. And they said to him, Lord, when did we see you in those 
places, hungry and thirsty and naked. He said, and as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it also to me. There was works. So we didn't recognize you, Lord. We were just doing it. We, we were just doing this. Again, faith, faith without works is dead. We are saved by our faith in what Jesus has done, but faith alone, faith alone is not proper. If you are a fruit tree, there ought to be some fruit growing. One man said, I'm not a judge, I'm, but I'm a fruit inspector. I'm a, I'm a fruit inspector. Hmm. Let me give you, as we begin to close out here, let me give you just a few examples of the different type of fruit and works that we are to see, that you are to see in your own life because I don't want anybody to get up into the presence of the Lord and say, well, I'm saved. I went to church and I, I prayed a short prayer. Here again, there, there ought to be some manifestation. Amen. There are two types of works, two types of works. And uh, one is, we can say, the initial or beginning or first parts of the work of righteousness, the initial works of righteousness. And the second one is the byproduct work of righteousness. Okay? Two, initial and the byproducts. That is initially, there should be an initial first work uh, in Luke, let me give you an example of a few of these. Luke 19 uh, verses 7 through 10 it says this. This is talking about Zacchaeus's, this is Zacchaeus's conversion. Verse 7 says, and when, and when they saw it, all the crowd there, of course, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. They all murmured at Jesus, why are you going to the sinner man's house? Mm-hmm. Verse 8 says, and Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have uh, taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And how did Jesus respond? And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which was lost. So Zacchaeus believed, and there was a corresponding work. Nobody forced him to get up and say, hey, if I have stolen anything from anybody, I'll give it back. Nobody forced him. This was a work of God that happened on the inside of him that sprang forth. This was fruit that immediately began to grow. Let me show you something else in the book of Acts. Another um, sparkling testimony that we'll show you here. In the book of Acts. This is the, the people here at Ephesus, Acts 19, chapter verse 17 through 20. Uh, New Living Translation says this. The story of what happened uh, spread quickly all, th- all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Now what happened? Of course, 
Uh, Paul and Silas, you know, they had been uh, out casting out devils and demons, and some exorcists heard of them using the name of Jesus to cast out demons and devils, and so they took upon themselves to go and find some demons, and they went into the house where the demon was and said, we adjure you, or we command you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, we command you get out. And the demon said, well, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the demon was pounced on those uh, exorcists and ripped off all their clothes and beat them up. And the man, the, the exorcist, run out the house naked and beaten. Can you imagine that? People running from the house naked and bloody. And so they understood. So that story spread throughout the entire region how the name of Jesus was so powerful. And it says in verse number 18, many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. Who made them do that? This is what they wanted to do. It came out of them. Verse 19, a number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Work of salvation. They completely turned to Christ. They burned their witchcraft books. They burned their Ouija boards. They burned their tarot cards. They destroyed them. They stopped with all the horoscopes. They they pulled down the dream catchers. They pulled down all these statues, and they dealt with them. They said, we're going to believe in God now. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding? And so this was a great conversion. Of course, we know when Paul finally believed, he was, of course, Saul before he became Paul. He stopped persecuting the church, didn't he? A radical change. In so much that the people could not believe that this was the same man. Here's the fruit of righteousness. So these works are done not because someone made them do it, but it sprang forth out of a penitent heart, out of a grateful heart toward God for his mercy and grace. Belief happened first and then action, then corresponding actions. Even in Romans 10, 9, we see that the Lord said, you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. The work happens on the inside first and then it manifests outwardly. Hear me as we close. This is what relationship does. The work happens on the inside first and then it manifests outwardly. Hear me. This is what relationship does. The work happens on the inside first and then it manifests outwardly. Hear me. This is what relationship does. It happens on the inside first and then it manifests outwardly. Hear me. This is what relationship does. It happens on the inside first and then it manifests outwardly. Hear me. This is what relationship does. It happens on the inside first and then it manifests outwardly. No, this is not a broken record. (laughs) Hear me. This is what relationship does. It starts on the inside first and then it manifests outwardly. The opposite of that is true for religion. Religion starts on the outside work. You try to clean yourself up, try to stop doing this, stop doing that, stop going here, stop saying that, stop watching that, don't do the drugs. Religion works on the outward first and then tries to move in. Amen. Amen. 
It tries to move into the heart based on works. But you can never do enough good works in order to feel completely secure that God has accepted you. So there are two times again. One is the initial work, the initial sign. When Jesus moves into a life, the life changes. And secondly, there is a work, we would say, we call that the byproduct work of righteousness. Something that happens while you're doing something else. Something that is produced in the process of making something else. Let me give you good, some examples of this as we close. There's a sawmill that cuts down trees. They, they cut down the trees to make wooden furniture, make desks and whatnot, chairs. But in the process of cutting them down, I mean, cutting the trees down and chopping the wood up, there is bits of sawdust and bits of mulch that come out the other end of the machine. That mulch is a byproduct. They'll take that, they'll package that, they'll sell it to Walmart, Home Depot, and all these other uh, gardening stores, and people put it in their yard. The purpose was to cut down the trees to make furniture. But the byproduct was, hey, I've got mulch. In the process of um, refining crude oil, asphalt is made. Our intent was to make, refine the oil so we can make gasoline. But we find that, here, hey, we can use this. This is called asphalt. Let's use this to put this on parking lots. Are you hearing? Our intent is to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. The byproduct is, hey, I don't mind helping you. Hey, I want to love you. Hey, I want to do this. Hey, I find myself serving at the food bank. I find myself praying for others. I find myself talking to people and encouraging them. I find myself clothing the naked. I find myself visiting those in the hospital. I find myself doing this and doing that. All the other stuff, byproducts. It is fruit that simply grows on the tree. It is not my intent. My intent is to love God. And to love my neighbor as I love myself. And as a result of that, that's my intent. That's my wood furniture. Thank you, Lord. I find now this mulch that comes out the other side. Amen. You understanding? Amen. My purpose is not to make mulch. My purpose is to make the furniture. Does that make sense? I think we're going to stop right there today. I pray you receive the word of God. Let's give Lord a hand of praise. Amen. We're done for the day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. 
only he can make a way.